now in less than two weeks. On Friday, March the 8th, we will all be asked to vote to change the wording of the Constitution in relation to two issues. The first, the definition of family and number two, the deletion of Article 41.2, which refers to the life of women in the home. You've been sending us your questions about both referendums so that the chairperson of Ancommission Trochoin, the Electoral Commission, Ms Justice Marie Baker, can answer them. She's with us this morning. You're very welcome back. Good morning Good and thank you. you very much. I'm glad to be back. Well, listen, in relation to the concept of family, could you summarise what we're being asked to change? I will. First of all, I think it's important to say that the family as a unit is given special recognition as a fundamental unit group of society. And it's undoubtedly the case now that that family unit is the family unit based on marriage. That's been decided over many, very many years of Irish jurisprudence, but as recently as four or five five weeks ago. So what's proposed is not that we lose the recognition of the family unit as an important um, element of society, but that the family unit be recognised as being founded on marriage or on other durable relationships. And that's the expression. That's the key term. The second one then refers to the deletion of Article 41.2, which refers to a woman's life in the home. What are we being asked to put in instead? We're being asked here to remove the reference to the importance of women's work in the home and replace it with recognition of care given by family members to one another on account of their familial love for one another. So it, that that is recognition of care, but not just of care or work provided by women. And then, and this is where the bulk of our first bunch of questions uh, focuses on. It puts an onus on the state, or at least the proposal is, that the state recognises that the provision of care by members of family to one another by reason of the bonds that exist. Um, and the state shall strive to support such provision. Now, we have a number of questions in relation to that. Ed, Abigail, Annie, they all want to know, essentially, what obligation is placed on the state to support carers if this referendum is passed? I suppose I really have to answer that by going back to tell you what constitutions do. They express values and broad principles and there will be no direct effect from this change in the same way as there's no direct effect now from the recognition of the place of women's work in the home, in, the, in, in, the, in, in, in our understanding of society and our understanding of the common good. The, the Commission has taken the view that there's a some difference between strive and endeavour. At the moment, the, the Constitution declares that the state would endeavour to ensure that women don't have to go out to work to the neglect of their duties in the home. That's the word. I'm not, not making, I'm not, I'm not changing those, that, the language. It's proposed that the state would have to strive to support care by families. And the Commission has taken the view that strive is a somewhat stronger word than endeavour. It is actually found in Article 45 of the Constitution and it means it means try hard. Obviously it means try or try very hard. Mm-hmm. But what it probably could mean in, in, in litigation is that the state might have to justify were it not to make proper provision for care and financial or other support or recognition for care. So is there a legal definition as of now as to what to strive means? There's no legal definition, if by, if by which you mean is there is there a judgment of the court or a definition in legislation? No, but courts uh, would look at 
the general use in language. And it is a strong word. It, it doesn't mean try a little bit. It means try hard. Mm-hmm. Joan wants uh, to know about her right to stay at home and raise her children is currently enshrined in the Constitution. And she wants to know that if this referendum is passed, will her daughters lose that right? Um, first of all, I don't see the current Article 41.2 as giving a person a right to stay at home. They have that right anyway. So it's a choice. It's a choice. Uh, what what Article 41.2 does is it recognises the place It recognises the work done by women at home. In other words, it's a declaration of its value. And that declaration of value won't change, but it'll be afforded to everybody, every carer within the family, provided to other family members. Valerie wants to know why remove the word mother? Why not add in fathers, parents, guardians, etc.? Well, Uncommission didn't draft the the language of this. Uh, I can only explain what's proposed. Um, You can ask the politicians why they didn't do that. Um, The the, the Constitution contains other references to women in Article 45. But in general, you'll find a lot of the Constitution, particularly in the Irish text, which is the main text, will refer to dinner person, in other words, rather than man or woman. Okay. June has a number of questions around the rights of women um, and she wants to know, will the care amendment diminish the rights of women? What impact will any change have on the financial obligations of the state to support women? Is it a dilution of women's rights? Will it affect children's allowance payments? Oh, there's a lot of questions there. Can I start at the bottom, the the children's allowance payment? Because in fact, this is the second time this question was asked and I haven't seen it answered Um, children's allowance is payable to the person who cares mostly for a child and you have to be a qualified person and the child has to be of the under 16 or 18 as the case may be Um, it's payable it's it's payable to the the mother if the parents live together. If the if the child is cared primarily by the father, it's payable to the father. It's payable to a guardian if the child child or children are cared for by a guardian. The only time that there can be any difficulty about it is if a child is equally cared for by both parents when the parents don't live together. And in that case, the default position is that it's paid to the mother. But there's nothing absolute here. This is all set out in regulations rather than in statutes. So that can change. It can change now even without this referendum. It could change if the referendum was passed. I I don't think I could give you an opinion that would go any further than that, just to say that that's the explanation. As I said, to go back to what constitutions do, they express your rights. You you have a right to stay at home to mind your child, whether you're a man or a woman. The state, in its current form in the constitution, recognises the importance that care in the home by mothers in in, in one part of the article and by women in the other part of the article. The value that that provides to the common good. If, If they're articles are deleted and there is a change, the difference would be a recognition of the care provided by family members, men or women, for one another, for one another or for their, for their family members within the home. So I don't see a change in women's rights 
because they will be regarded as persons providing care, as it were. There's a question here that overlaps with the uh, vote, the referendum on the family uh, issue as well from Carolyn. She says, as someone who is significantly disabled and does not have family, but has a friend who provides the care that Carolyn needs, what difference will this referendum make? Will the friend's role be recognised? Her friend has given up her job to care for Carolyn. Does durable relationship include close friendship? That's two whole questions, um, completely different questions, in fact. Um, I think the answer has to be, if I could ask you about the, if I could answer about the durable relationship first, the durable relationship as a foundation of family can't be taken on its own. You're not asking, am I close friends with this person for all my life? You're asking whether my, my relationship with that person makes us a family unit. And I think it's unusual for friends living together to regard themselves as a family unit. They might say, these are my personal relationships. This is my private life. But I think it's probably not your family life. Now, going on to the question about the friend being your full time or primary carer, I don't think the referendum is intended to provide any support for persons caring for others who are not within their within the family, as it were. Now, the family in the second proposed re- referendum, proposed change, is doesn't have a capital F. I'm sorry for the capital F again, but so I think the family is not intended to be the constitutional unit that's rec- that's that that now has recognition in 41.1 so i think the proposal in 41.2 to change 41.2 and put in the carers provision is intended to perhaps reflect a slightly more fluid family um, but i think probably friends are not family okay Marian in normal language they're not anyway oh, yeah Marion wants to know if the new definition of family slash durable relationships will affect citizenship applications. My US partner and I, though not married, have been in a committed relationship since 2019. We have lived between Ireland and the US for most of that time. At the moment, the law requires a three-year residency for applicants after they marry an Irish citizen, opposed to a five-year residency for those not married to an Irish citizen. If we can prove we are in a durable relationship, can my partner get citizenship after three years if the referendum is passed? Oh, that's a bit, that's, that's a big question. Um, can I answer it first by saying that the immigration is, is regulated by law and it, it is regulated inter alia by European instruments as well. So a lot of our immigration law arises from our European obligations. Immigration and the power of the state to regulate how people can live here, whether they can come and live here, whether they get visas, etc., is quintessentially a matter for the executive. And the courts have always deferred to the executive decision. If you like, it is the mark of sovereignty that a country can protect its boundaries. And I, I, I can't really give you an opinion as to the position of that person because clearly that's not my role here. But I can say that because immigration and boundaries and everything to do with citizenship is so quintessentially a matter for the executive, for government, I don't see the courts looking to this as a different source for citizenship or immigration law. And tr- for, for the last whatever number of years since 1937 and particularly in the last 20 or 30 years the courts have undoubtedly rejected an argument that the constitution should be the source of a separate 
a separate way of coming to live here or getting citizenship. They have not given automatic rights to married people to bring their spouse. So I don't see that connection and I don't see that th that this could in any sense change the approach that the court takes to immigration law. Okay. You will be back here with us again next Monday morning. We shall look forward which to is that. The last, the last one. Which will the last Monday before before Friday the 8th. Before yes. the voting. And exactly. thank you for such complex questions. <laughs> it's our pleasure. Um, the uh, referendum at rt.ie is the email address uh, for your questions this morning. If you have more of them, do send them in. And Miss Justice Marie Baker will join us again next Monday morning.